hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? And what we're going to be doing is taking some uh, famous uh, phrases or lyrics uh, from uh, some Christmas songs, Christmas carols that we've heard throughout the years, and uh, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about that. And, and we, we've, got, uh, we, we, we've got some good messages to share with you during this Christmas series, including this one. Today, I want to kick off this series. Do you hear what I hear? I want to kick off the series with this title, God and Sinners Reconciled. God and Sinners Reconciled. And we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you want to turn there or, or scroll there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse... 14, and go to verse 21. God and sinners reconciled. This is a very appropriate theme of a message for us to look at on a day that we're going to be coming to the Lord's table. Okay? If you're able to, could you stand with me as we read God's word together? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, and Let's see what God has to say to us today through his word. If you don't have your Bible, uh, you can look on the screen, and uh, I'll have all my scriptures for today on the screen, and uh, both on the live stream and here in person. So here we go, starting in verse 14. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. I believe the King James says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. Verse 18 says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, as we look at this theme of God and mankind, God and sinners being reconciled together, I pray, Lord God, that it would not just be a lyric and a song, but God, that it would come to life today as we unpack your word here. And Lord, I'll thank you for all you do, and we'll give you glory in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. 
Amen. You may be seated. God and sinners reconciled. I'm thankful today that the work of Jesus was not just to see the Lord die on a cross, because if that were the case only, then he would simply just be a martyr. But there was a work that was done by his death on the cross that reconciled me to him, that reconciles us, that brings us together, us with God. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to I show from this passage, I want to show three what I would call very vital truths that I want to leave with you today before you get out of uh, the house of God today. And I want you to just digest these things and live these things out, if you would. Uh, so let me show you a little bit more as we unpack this theme of God and sinners being reconciled. Here's the first vital truth I would like to share with you today, and that is this, the the truth of God's mercy. God's mercy. How many of you are thankful today for the mercy of God? Mercy is when you receive grace, when you receive forgiveness, when you receive goodness that you do not deserve. That is mercy. Take a look again at verses 14 through 18. Again, it's for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all. I want to stress this. He died for all. Even even the sinner that is caught in the sin that you detest the most, God died for him. Even the person that's caught up in the thing that bothers you the most and troubles you the most, that makes you sick to your stomach, God died for that person. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. See, understand that sin totally separates mankind from God. Sin totally separates mankind from God. And that truth alone will keep us distant from God. It will keep us from being reconciled to him. It will keep us from being with God. It will keep us from experiencing God's absolute best in our lives. Sin will become a hindrance to that. Sin totally separates, but the cross totally reconciles. Sin totally separates us from God. But the cross, it reconciles us back. The Bible's so clear. Every one of us have sinned, Romans 3.23, and we fall short of the glory of God. 
Romans 6.23 says the wages of our sin, what we deserve for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I will tell you, I will tell you this season, the greatest gift that anybody can receive will not be found under a tree. But the greatest gift that anyone can receive was hung on a tree. And that is Jesus Christ. Sin separates us from God, but the cross reconciles us to God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 10 tells us that if we then confess our sin, I'm sorry, that's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's Romans 10. If we confess with our mouth, I should put these in my notes. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if we believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we will be saved. Romans 10, 13. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, if you're watching here, whether you're in person here or watching us online, as many do, today, if you are not in a right relationship with God, I can tell you that nobody wants you to be reconciled back to Christ more than Jesus Christ himself. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he died the death that I deserve, that we deserve. Because he knew that there was nothing we could do that would pay for the debt of sin. Sin makes us spiritually bankrupt. But Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross. And now that cross reconciles us. It brings us back. It brings us to a right relationship with Jesus Christ. God and sinners have been reconciled through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say thank you, Jesus, today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God and sinners are reconciled. And that is God's mercy. But the scripture doesn't stop there. Not at all. Because now I believe that God has something to say to us who have been reconciled. And that is this what is our ministry? We've seen God's mercy, but how about our ministry? What's our responsibility now that we have been reconciled to Christ? Do we just put ourselves in a spiritual holding pattern and wait until we die so that we can go to heaven? I don't think that God has that plan for us. In fact, I think God has a whole lot more for each and every one of us than to get saved and then die. <laughs> Jesus has come to give his life, and that more abundantly. God has a plan and a purpose for every single person that's in this place. And specifically, take a look at what verses, excuse me, verses 18 and 19 have to say. It says, all of this is from God who reconciled to, uh, excuse me, reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, don't miss this, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given us now the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
He has committed to us. Look at that last phrase. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, this is not just about getting saved and then being in a holding pattern until you see Jesus face to face. Oh, we know that will be a glorious day. We know that will be wonderful. We know that homecoming will be great and that reuniting with the ones that we have seen go, that will be a special time. But, but, but listen, listen, God still, God still has something for you before that moment takes place. He has entrusted to me and he has entrusted to you the message and the ministry of reconciliation. As followers of Jesus, church, as followers of Jesus, we have been given the opportunity to share the greatest message of all. Let me say it again. As followers of Jesus, we have been given the opportunity to share the greatest message of all. There's a world that needs Jesus, friends. And God has entrusted you in your world. In your world. This is not just for the missionaries that we support monthly. This is for all of us. We have been given the message and the ministry of reconciliation. Why do we do this? Why do we do this event? Why, why do we do the giveaway, however many years we've done it? Why do we do this? Is it because we needed another thing on the calendar? No. And I could probably come up with something a little less labor-intensive if I just wanted a calendar event. Why do we do this? Because the message of reconciliation that we've been entrusted to, it doesn't stay within these four walls. That message is for us to proclaim out there. We are compelling people to come in to this little church over a weekend. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them will not know Jesus. Some will think they're taking advantage of us. Fine. Some might think this pastor's dumb as rocks and they're getting away with all kinds of stuff. The rocks part, okay. <laughs> getting away with something, yeah. See, because it's not a Facebook ad that's bringing people here this weekend. It's the Holy Spirit, whoever said it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. God has trusted us. He has given us. He has, this scripture says, committed to us the message of reconciliation. God trusts you share this message of God and sinners being reconciled, God trusts you. He didn't create a superhuman race to do it. 
He didn't give that, that uh, commission to an army of angels who could probably do it better than us. Seriously. He entrusted you. He trusts you. He has trusted you with the message and the ministry of reconciliation. Is there, is there one person? I'm not asking you to lead a hundred people to Christ. Because if I ask you to do that, none of you are going to do it. But is there one person you can influence? Is there one person that you could demonstrate authentic and genuine Christianity to somebody? Is there one person that you know who is desperate and they need something and you have that? It may not be what they're thinking. Remember the lame man at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3? He was looking to uh, Peter and John, trying to get a donation. Peter knew this and he said, silver or gold, I don't have. I have no money. But what I do have, sir, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. There is a society that is crippled because of sin. And they may be looking for answers in a certain way in a different place. But what we really have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, walk with him. In the name of Jesus, make him your savior. In the name of Jesus, stop doing things your way and do them his way. We have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. And don't ever forget that. God has placed you at your job for a reason. God has placed you in your home for a reason. Students, God has placed you on that campus for a reason. God has placed you on that team, on that squad, in that group, in that neighborhood, in that building, in that place for a reason because he has entrusted you with the ministry of reconciliation. Three important truths. We uncovered God's mercy. We have uncovered our uh, ministry. Thirdly, let's uncover the message. I don't know what to say. How can I tell anybody about the Lord? I don't know what to say. I'm not a preacher. We don't need a bunch of preachers. Trust me. There's nothing more powerful than your own testimony. Wow. Being able to go to somebody and say, this is how I once was, but now I'm different because of Jesus. This is how things were for me, and I don't have it all figured out just yet. And sometimes I don't get it right, but now oh, things are different. That's your testimony. That's your message. Look how Paul puts it here in these last couple of verses. He says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's your message. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin 
for us that we might be reconciled to God. He took the punishment. He took the blame. He took it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. See, this message, this message, and we just unpacked this, it needs to be proclaimed. We need to tell people that there is hope for them. Not only must this message be proclaimed, though, it must also be practiced. Not only should it be proclaimed, but it needs to be practiced. And now, I might get in your business. <laughs> because our, and hear me, our earthly reconciliations are an illustration of our heavenly reconciliation. Our earthly reconciliations, they are a visual, it is a living, uh, illustrated sermon of God's reconciliation. And see, the problem, the problem is that oftentimes we were all about this. God saved me. God reconciled me. Hallelujah. But we sometimes are just awful at reconciliation with our earthly relationships. And Paul addresses this in actually his first letter to the Corinthians. And I want to identify some very dangerous attitudes. See, first of all, Paul says, So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of our Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, they eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now, there have been a lot of interpretations of what that scripture is saying. And I will, I will first of all say that when we come to the Lord's table, we must be, we should be in right relationship with God. We, we need to ask that all sin be forgiven and taken care of. Would you agree with that? Amen? Amen? Uh, that, that, is, that is important. But I read this again. If we eat and drink from the Lord's table without discerning the body of Christ, we drink judgment on ourselves without discerning the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? Look around you. You, the scripture tells us, you are the body of Christ. So I believe that if we eat the bread and drink the cup without discerning the body of Christ, there's an element there of communion that sometimes we are, 
we are ready to let go because we are more focused on God reconciling us rather than being reconciled to the people around us. Is this making sense? And I would like to identify, in closing, three very, very unhealthy attitudes that Paul uncovers as well. Here's the first one. I'm not needed. I'm not needed here. I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't have the talent that somebody else has. Uh, Paul goes there in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12, he says, Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. And even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, but one body. I, 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 I'm not significant. Yes, you are. You, you want to see how significant every part of your body is? Okay? Smash your pinky with a hammer. Okay? Smallest finger you got. Okay? But that, that thing's going to hurt. Your whole body's going to feel that one. Okay? And it's such, such a seemingly insignificant thing. Or, or if you lose part of your foot, your, your balance can be off. And it might even be just a small part. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are parts of our body that seem so insignificant. And yet, each part plays a role. You might not be on stage, but you play a role. You are the body of Christ. And you're needed. You're needed. Maybe, maybe you're that one that hugs somebody. I got people in here, when I see them, I just light up. And, and, and they're not in charge of the light up ministry. They're just wonderful people who make me feel so loved. That, okay, Rich Pilata. Okay, you, you, you bump into Rich Pilata, okay? Just this awesome Italian man who is built like a truck. If he ever slaps you high five, you're going to lose your shoulder. I'm just telling you. <laughs> the guy is so strong. But the hugs I get from him, that, 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 that smile... Oh my gosh, I, I, had, I had a rough, I had some rough days these last two weeks and I bumped into Rich. It's just like, okay, come here. <laughs> Changed everything. Okay, that's just Rich being a Rich. 
This is what I'm saying. You being you, you are the body of Christ. You're needed. You're needed. You may never get on stage. Who cares? You're the body of Christ. I got to hurry. That never means anything when I say that, but here we go. Uh, Here's another one, though. I don't need you. Don't ever hear me. Let me hear you say that to anybody. We don't need you. We don't need you. Paul addresses this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be the weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. Here's the third. I'm not at fault. It's not my fault. They're, they're, they're the one. I ain't got no problem, but her, but him. See, and I've heard this one in the body of Christ more often in my 30 plus years of ministry than any other. And now Jesus addresses this. And now, and again, we're talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. You with me? You with me? Okay, Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, read this carefully. If you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So, Jesus is saying, I'm coming down, Sue. Jesus is saying, okay, so you got your gift that you're offering God, this act of worship that you're, at, you're offering to God? Okay, God, here's my gift. And then you're reminded, ooh, I've got a brother or sister in Christ that has something against me. Not you... <laughs> Okay, not you having a problem with someone. Someone has a problem with you. Did you see how that was said? Jesus says, before you even offer your act of worship, leave it. Go be reconciled. Once you do that, come back and offer your gift. It seems like Jesus puts as much of an emphasis 
on reconciliation amongst brothers and sisters in Christ as he does even our act of worship. Even our act of giving. Now, will that person always be receptive to you? Maybe not. But Jesus did not make that conditional. Oh, they won't receive that, God. So here you go. Jesus said, no. Leave it there. Go be reconciled. Then come back. And that is an acceptable gift. See, reconciliation, you were all amen in me about God reconciling us to him and having this message to reconcile to other people. Woo! Go, pastor! Woo! But now, now I'm in your business. And so now we talk about these relationships. It's just like, you were doing so good, pastor. (laughs) Two-thirds of that message was so great. Or we're assuming it applies to somebody else. Boy, I sure hope they're hearing that. If we're going to proclaim it, we need to practice it. And why is this important? See, because Jesus told his disciples, this just came to me, in John chapter 13, Jesus told his disciples that the mark that other people who don't know him will see of folks that are truly his disciples. It's not our t-shirts. It's not our programs. It's not our services. He said, they will know that you are my followers by your love for one another. If your love for one another is not there, then we have sacrificed our message of reconciliation. We have watered it down. We are making it invalid because what applies to thee doesn't apply to me. Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through 29 again. Jonathan, if you can help me. Thank you, sir. Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sitting against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Everyone. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So let me give you some closing questions today as we get ready to have communion together. Number one, have you been reconciled to God? Have you been reconciled to God? Have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? Are you in a right relationship with Jesus Christ today? If not, today is the day. Now is the accepted time, the scripture says. Now is the day of salvation. Don't wait. God is getting your attention. Secondly, child of God, have you accepted the ministry of reconciliation? Or are we leaving that to somebody else? 
someone with more personality, somebody who's not shy, somebody who... Uh, you've been entrusted with the message and the ministry of reconciliation. That Jesus Christ, who had no sin, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Will you accept the ministry of reconciliation? And then number three, do you need to be reconciled to someone else, to a brother or sister in Christ? Perhaps there's a conversation you need to have with somebody. Perhaps there's an email you need to write or a text that you need to send. But I can't emphasize enough how important this kind of reconciliation is to God. God and sinners reconciled. As we come now to communion, let's embrace his mercy. Let's run with our ministry. And let's live out this message. Amen? Jesus, I ask you in these next few moments that you would speak to your people. God, that you would touch those that are here, those that are watching online. Jesus, right now we pray. In fact, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, we just ask right now that right now, ask God to remove any sin that might be present in your life. Any stain of sin that's there. Would you ask God to forgive you? If you confess your sins today, he is faithful. He is just to forgive you of all of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Today, today, we say, Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Help us to start over, God. Help us to live for you, not for ourselves. Help us to do things your way, not ours. As far as east is from west, Jesus, separate us from our sins, I pray. Hallelujah. Follower of God, is there one person that you could lead closer to Jesus Christ and accept the ministry of reconciliation? Or is there a relationship today that God has brought to your heart that needs restoration? Don't wait for the other person. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Have your way, Jesus. The Bible says this. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it and he handed it to his disciples. And he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, you do so in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread together. The Bible says that afterwards, Jesus took the cup. 
And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And as often as you drink it, you do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. 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 Will you stand with me? Everybody standing if you're able to. I want to pray over you. Maybe one of the biggest fears of a pastor is the message kind of leaking away before you get to the parking lot. But it's my prayer that the word that we have unpacked here today, that you would live this out all through the week. You've been reconciled. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Let's be reconciled to one another. Amen? So Jesus, I pray that you would go before us. Lead us, Lord, and guide us. I pray, God, that we would be mindful every day that you have reconciled us to you. Jesus, that we would embrace that message to a world that desperately needs it. And God, I pray that we be reconciled to one another. And Lord God, let your work be done in every life, in this room and under the sound of my voice. And we'll thank you, Jesus, in your name. And we all said, amen. 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 If your schedule allows and you can help us, We'll get started in just uh, a couple minutes. Come on up, Tony.